Welcome to Eclipse, a Dungeons & Dragons sci-fi fantasy thriller. I'm Jeremy Fair, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be the Dungeon Master. My name is Megan Kelleher, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Ava Elgin, whose pronouns are also she, her. I'm Cage, I'll be playing Soul Red Hammer, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Danny, I'll be playing Whiskey, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Rob, I'll be playing Info Scott, and our pronouns are he, they. I'm Adam DeWeese, I go by he, him, and I'll be playing Dr. Shepard, who goes by they, them. Last time on Eclipse, you all had found the bodies of two of your old teammates, Kanan and Lita, and attached to their bodies with some sort of strange device, and inside that strange device was some sort of beholder-kin creature, except it didn't have eyes on the end of its eye stalks. It had these very toothy little mouths, and it seemed to be very beholder-like, except it seemed to be draining energy from you all instead of negating magic. After a pretty long battle, you managed to defeat that creature, and even though you survived the fight, everything was not great, because just moments before, your friend Sultan had jumped through a portal trying to chase down that cloaked creature you all had encountered previously. You all took some time to rest, and uh, out of character, you all were able to level up to level 7 for our listeners to kind of know where you're at on that. And after resting, you all decided you're going to go through the portal and attempt to go rescue your friend Sultan. So all of you stepped into the portal. There was a flashing red light, and within seconds, you felt yourself teleported somewhere else there was a very large change of temperature Um, you went from being in a quite humid cave into some sort of dark underground cave that felt very very cold Um, immediately when you appear you find that you're in an area that's extremely dark the only light that is in this room is the red glowing light from the teleport pad that you are currently standing on but you do hear running water not too far from you and this place smells very uh, wet and dank just like the place you had just come from Um, it does not smell any less fishy than the place you just came from but but it is much colder immediately when you go into this very dark cave I'd like you all to make an intelligent saving throw Saving throw, you say. Ooh. Intelligence, you say. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like uh, I got a 17 total. Whiskey got a 17 as well. Ava got a 10. Ooh, I see. critted. Nat 20. Okay, real quick. That's three 17s in a row on the uh, roll 20. That is wild. But now they're all used up. No, no one can roll 17 till the end of this podcast now. It's illegal now. And they're all like (laughs) different actual rolls. Your modifiers just all made it the same number. Yes. That's wild. Soul Red, your eyes are the first to adjust, possibly because of your dwarven heritage. And you see standing not 20 feet in front of you, 
is a large creature. It appears to be breathing and laying on the ground. It has red scales and two large folded wings, and you feel like that you can just see a very large sleeping red dragon right in front of you. The rest of you, you see that there is something large in front of you, but you are not certain what it is. Soul Red, though, you immediately notice this is a dragon. Uh, hey, everybody, um, don't move. I hear that if if a red dragon, if you don't move, then red dragons can't see you. I've heard that somewhere. So, uh, we should just not move. I thought that was cats. <laughs> we live here now? What if we have to pee? I mean, so, I don't, I don't pee, but still for you guys, what if you have to pee? So Dr. Shepard does have 300 foot of dark vision, but I do believe dark vision, don't you see in shades of gray? So it's just like, I just see a big gray dragon. How, how do you know it's red? Cause I'm, I'm looking at it. <laughs> I also think, uh, like, those of you with dark vision can see, especially now that your eyes are just after a second, like, oh, yeah, that's a giant dragon that's right in front of us. But I think you all would just see a dragon. I think Soul Red was, in this instance, intelligent enough to know, like, it's asleep. It's not just in front of you. Like, it's she had the presence of mind to understand. It is, at least at this moment, asleep. Okay, okay, okay. I have a plan. It's asleep. So, we kill it. Maybe we should just run away. No. Or, like, Ooh. walk away real quiet, like. Tiptoe away, perhaps. Where? I mean, I'm not really not usually here. the stealthiest one. <clears throat> it got in here somehow, so there's got to be some sort of egress, right? As you begin to look around, you notice that you are up on a large cliff shelf. Uh, it's probably about maybe 20 or 25 feet long by about 40 or 50 feet wide. There is then maybe like these little slopes that go down like three or four feet to another cliff shelf. That's probably only about 10 feet wide. And then beyond that is water. Um, there are little bits of stone sticking out of the water that look like stepping stones here or there that you might be able to jump across. And then you can see on the other side of this water, uh, which is probably about 15 feet wide, is more uh, ground, more solid ground. Um, you are definitely in some sort of cave. Uh, it's not like nice stone walls or anything. It's all just the rough inside of a cave. And above you, it looks maybe 30 or 40 feet tall. Um, you see like a rough cave ceiling. Uh, Dr. Shepard, I think you can see with your extensive dark vision that beyond the water, this cave does extend in uh, two different directions and that the water that is right in front of you also extends forward into a waterfall that seems to be cascading down a cliff that's probably about 80 feet away from where you're all standing. So that would be the waterfall is probably maybe 50 feet behind the sleeping dragon. Okay. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna real quietly and stealthily just uh poke out my finger and touch Soul Red. Try to try to do it sneakily, uh, so she doesn't get offended that I am aware of how unsneaky she is. I'm gonna cast guidance on her. Uh and start con- concentrating on that. So guidance. Uh I've had this cantrip this entire time. It's a good cantrip and I've never used it. But uh for one minute up to a minute, um if Soul Red has to make any kind of uh check, they can add a D four to that roll. I just I'm not feeling super confident in Soul Red's uh sneaking abilities at this moment. So it's like let me get this straight. So there's it's like an underground river situation and the parts that seem to continue past the cave are like the river, like both sides, both ends of the river, right? Yeah, there's like water trickling in from the sides through like, I guess, a really low hanging cliff that maybe you could swim under or, but you can't see like an opening. And then beyond that, it continues. And then there's a waterfall that seems to be going down to, you're not sure because you're, you're so far away, you're not really able to see how deep you know, gotcha. how deep the waterfall goes. Okay. For, you seem to be on an elevated part at this moment. For us in the roll 20, Jeremy did reveal some of the map now. Mm-hmm. I just, I had to zoom out to find it, but. Okay. Also, you can see as you're up here, um, Dr. Shepard, especially with, since you have that really long dark vision, you do see some of the, some of those glass tubes that you had seen in the previous place. Am I? quieter if I fly than if I walk? That's a good question. I mean, yeah, you're not like a bird flapping or anything. You're just like no. a floating yeah. person, so I think this might be quieter. Would Solred be quieter flying than walking? Probably most definitely. Mechanically speaking, would that take away Solred's <laughs> disadvantage <laughs> on stealth rolls if she could fly? I think so, because you're not, like, walking around and stomping here and there, hither and tither. Clanking I, all that metal armor. Um, hither, yeah, tither, just, and yawn. Spe- I'll, I'll just hold all my armor in place. Speaking of metal clanking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, god damn it. There's Info and Rodney, and all you can hear is, like, us just kind of humming very quietly. <laughs> Next to everyone else. Oh no. We're fucked. <laughs> and Info kind of looks around and kind of sees, can sort of make out shapes in the dark. I don't think Info actually has dark vision, though Rodney does. Uh, and all you're going to hear is Info say, Guys, I, if, if I had to put a word on my ability to sneak around, I would say it's uh, disadvantageous. <laughs> I'm not a quiet creature here. And Rodney has tank treads. They are not quiet. (laughs) He cannot tiptoe. We don't have toes. You can carry Rodney. Who's carrying me? (laughs) When there was only one set of tank treads in the the sand, that was me carrying (laughs) That was Rodney carrying me. Coffee robot Jesus. How about those of us who can be relatively stealthy go first and see if there's a logical way out? Ooh, if anyone can fly and can hold a lot of weight, I could use Thorn Whip 
and hold on to their leg. And it does seem like this dragon, which is right in front of you all, is sleeping on your side of this beach. It's to where you you are on, like, it's just on that little lower shelf right below you. Like, this thing is 15 feet away from you. Yeah. So I'm just trying to math out some shit real quick. Um, so if you, like, jumped in the water, it would probably wake it up. Well, or if you talk a lot. We never were going to jump in the water, Jeremy. But he Come said, on, or if you Jeremy. talk a lot, we've already talked a lot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Soul Red has a carrying capacity of 285 pounds and push, drag, or lift at 570 pounds. So if Fly was gassed on her, she could probably carry something with her or someone. I have a free cast of Levitate every day. But it can't move. Like, we have to, like, push it. Because it, it can't, I can't move it except up and down, but I can't move it like horizontally or anything. So we'll just like me. I'll, oh. I can cast it on info. Whiskey can cast fly on Soul Red, and Soul Red can just push info around like an info balloon, yeah, or a parade float. <laughs> We can right. just tie a rope to We're Info's also- leg, and I'll just act like the the body toe. <laughs> <laughs> We've had so many body toes on this show. And Info's always down for a good body toe. No matter what, I'm casting I'm casting Levitate on Info for my one. I can I can use spell slots to cast it also, but uh, I get one free a day. Does that have a semantic? Component. God, I I hope not, because the way you asked that, Jeremy, sounds like I don't want it to. Um, I just don't know how loud you have to be to cast this spell. Can we tell approximately how large this dragon is? Uh, Yeah, it's about, I mean, it's curled up in like a ball sleeping, but it's still taking up a nice, I mean, and it's like curled up ball form, like 20 by 15 feet, probably. So you'd assume it's Shit. at least an adult dragon. It is verbal. Uh, it's BSM, so I need everything. Okay, so you're going to get pretty loud here. Everyone's hearing. Just whisper sweet nothings into Info's ear. There's not. You can't press. Can you press to digitate away noise? Or just smells? Okay. You can tell I don't usually play a caster. Here's a question. <laughs> If Info were to cast Feather Fall on everyone, would it make their footfalls quieter? I think it would on the ground. I don't think it stops you from splashing in the water. I don't think it's water walk, but I do think it's... It could probably make you walk a little bit more quietly. I am, so I am just now realizing... Probably give you like a plus two to stealth or something. I'm just now realizing that we literally like are going to have to cross water no matter what because it's a yeah, big stone yeah. behind us it's like 15 feet wide i say yeah, we just kill the dragon stone wall you can jump 15 uh, feet that being said and i will say you're all talking and even if you're like being quiet the only reason this thing has not woken up yet is because there is a raging waterfall 20 feet behind it okay. so like it is not super quiet in here that being said it's like a place where all noises echo the water is loud you're talking. I mean, you're trying to be quiet, but if you were to yell, that would echo probably throughout this whole cave. Yeah. But it is quite loud in here with the waterfall being 
so close and for it being an enclosed cave and you being here at the like top <clears throat> where all the sound is collecting i'm just wondering where the fuck they got a dragon from um i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna try to cast levitate on info well it's a higher ceiling you're just up at the top like if you're you know what i mean like this if you're on like the lowest level the ceiling would be much higher just right now it's like 30 feet above you info is gonna whisper uh to dr shepherd Maybe start talking in our heads instead of out loud. Oh yeah, we have established that we can do the the group call. Party line? Yeah, the party line. Um Yeah. Hey, you know what? That's good good point info. And also, I'm gonna try something out real quick. I'm gonna try to cast I'm gonna try to cast levitate by saying the verbal shit in my brain and see what happens. I've never tried this before. It's just it's just the word levitate. That's what that's what the verbal part is. I just have to say levitate three times and spin around and then I cast it. Um does it work if I do that in my head, Jeremy? Who are you using it on? On info, because I think info is I think we need info flying. What level spell is this? Um Oh, it's your free one? I'm pretty sure it's, it's Leviosa. One, but levitate is a yeah, is it Leviosa or Leviosa? <laughs> uh, it is a it is a level three, but it's my free one for the day. Okay, so you try this, and at the risk of setting a precedent, it works. <laughs> However, the moment info starts to just float a couple inches off the ground, I want everyone to make a perception check. Okay, son of a bitch. <clears throat> I got 12. I'd be so mad if I get lower than my passive perception. Nine. No. Info got a 17. How's a three do for me? (laughs) You don't even know we're in a cave. (laughs) And Whiskey got a 21. Yes. Whiskey can see the future. (laughs) Whiskey's paranoid. So the 17 and a 21... Whiskey and info, you see this large dragon shift in its sleep. It moves its neck over to the side to where its head is facing directly at all of you. You see it kind of lift its hind legs a little bit, shake its rump and its tail a little bit as if stretching, and then lay back down. Where its face is now looking directly at all of you, though its eyes are still closed. However... Soul Red, you said you got what? A three? Three, yeah. You are looking at this thing, and it's like shimmering and shuddering in front of you. It looks almost like the uh, cloak that that figure was wearing, where it was like temporal, where it was like shifting in and out of existence. And then those of you that rolled in between, so lower than Info and Whiskey, but higher than Soul Red you don't really notice. Like, you just see it move, and then you weren't really paying enough attention. Now I don't know who's... I decide to believe the, the low rolls or the high rolls. <clears throat> well, I mean, you don't know what Soul Red saw. Uh, did, it's it's did looking at us. Yeah, it's a dragon. Yeah. We don't have to it whisper around. We don't have to whisper in the in the mind talk, in the mind cave. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, it was like the cloak. 
The one that what? Uh, what? Jeffrey. Are you was, drunk? Well, it wasn't Jeffrey. What was his name? Samson. Jace. What Jace was wearing? Jace. Yeah, the one Jace was wearing. I think we were given his real name at one point. I don't remember what Space it is, Jace. so I just call him Jace. Jace. <laughs> like 15 minutes ago. Well, no, because you all slept. Yeah. Eight hours and 15 minutes ago. I have it written down somewhere. I'm terrible with names. Um, Me too. I call this motherfucker Samson. They're <laughs> gone like Bill. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like his cloak. It was like, it shimmered. You didn't see that? You're so good at perceiving things about this dragon that the rest of us are missing. Yeah, it just looks like it's sleeping still. Just I, I can't tell if you're being sarcastic with me, Eva. No. <laughs> yeah, it is hard to tell Eva's lot. Uh, oh, sarcastic. Eva's right. sarcastic. Can you make an arcana check? <laughs> yeah, totally. <Sure. laughs> a successful one? I don't know, but I can make one. That's a 14, try. actually. A 14. Plus zero bonus. So you were you had gotten a natural twenty on that intelligence saving throw mm-hmm. to begin with, and you are the only one noticing there's something up with this dragon. So you think you don't know if it's something abnormal, if the dragon's magical itself, if it has a similar feature that the cloak had, if it's real, if it's fake, if it's anything. You just know. You are seeing this and no one else is. Despite getting a three on your roll. Um, Whiskey, can you can you turn people invisible? Uh no, I can uh set them on fire. <laughs> I can I can turn people invisible. Oh, okay. So here's what I was thinking. What if I got up all real close, like <laughs> clunk, clunk, clunk? T- turn me invisible. I just, I just need to touch it and make sure it's real. I, I don't think that's good plan. I'm already floating. Turn me invisible. But uh, oh yeah, he's like oh, begging that, for that it, could, please. Well, and I have the arm blade, so I can you. just poke it from a distance. Yeah, like that thing where you put your arm around someone and then poke them from the other side. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like that. Oh, this is where we should have a tinfoil I have my doubts, you know? Y'all ever just have one of those moments where you're just like, man, I feel like I'm seeing something that nobody else is, and you just got to touch it. How strong is that feeling? Because my greater invisibility is a fourth level spell slot, and I've got one of those. How long does that make someone invisible? One minute, which sounds pretty bad for a fourth level spell. For a greater invisibility? Yeah, yeah that ain't so great. Greater invisibility? <laughs> you or a creature you touch becomes invisible until the spell ends. Anything the target is wearing or carrying is invisible as long as it is on the target's person. Concentration up to one minute. Level four Ooh. spell slot. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. I know. it's. I wouldn't have picked it, but it just comes with my... Uh, my Twilight subclass that I am. Whiskey, with your 21 perception check you had, you just, as you're all talking, you feel like you see something move out of the corner of your eye behind you. Oh, hell. Looking behind you, you see that there's just the wall. There are some boulders up against the wall. 
Um, nothing seems abnormal, but you felt like you just feel like you saw something for a second. Guys, I, I feel like something behind us moved. Okay, we've got to do something. We can't just stay here and do nothing. I'm going to touch it. No, don't touch the. Don't touch it. Touch the wall. I say we let her yeah, touch, touch it. the wall. I say we let her touch it. Touch it. Oh. I trust her instinct. Push me over toward the dragon I'm, and then let her touch I'm the gonna wall. I'm going to prepare fireball and just. Info, you can't move on your own. How would you get back? <laughs> Info's just. Well, I would assume that if it's real, it will knock me back. Or I will poke it. And the force of poking it, you know, Dominic's laws of equal motion and stuff like that. Those other things. All right, Solar's just going to start sneaking forward as well as she can with her maul out. All right, so you're okay. So Solar's going to sneak forward towards the dragon. I'm going to try and be as quiet as I can for as long as I can. Uh, I guess you're not. I got to touch it to know whether it's really real. I don't think you have guidance anymore since I cast levitate. So uh, you're heading toward the dragon. Yeah. You want to make a stealth check, or are you just like going? Yeah, sure. I'll I'll, I'll try it. And you're not flo- you're not floating or invisible. No. <laughs> Out of the party line, info's gonna like whisper to Rodney. Okay, she's going that way. That's actually a 19 at disadvantage. I rolled a 16 and an 18. Wow. Okay. Nice. I just want to sneak up. I just want to just try and touch it. All right, so you sneak forward. And as you're walking over to this thing, it's wings right there. I mean, are you hitting with your finger or your foot or your hammer or whatever? Your maul? Yeah, maybe like the edge of my maul because it gives me a little bit more distance. I don't have to be as close to it. I just want to make sure it doesn't just like go right through it. Okay. So you... Reach your maul forward, and when you go to touch it, your maul passes right through it. And I just like silently, I like look back at everybody, and I'm like, <sighs> like, <laughs> like silently screaming. Ta-da. <laughs> I'm gonna attempt to back up. Well, as soon as that happens, you'll hear a voice that doesn't seem to come from particularly anywhere. In fact, I would say. All of you think this is the case, and Dr. Shepard is sure this is the case. It comes from within your own heads, and you'll just hear, Get them now! And as soon as that happens, there's the water right in front of you literally separates. It turns into columns lifting up in the air, and you see right in front of you a small battalion of Kuatoa. Um, towards the back are two small Kuatoa in robes with staffs. Both their staffs are glowing, and it seems like the water is being literally shaped out of the way for all these other Kuatoa that immediately start just rushing towards you all. And then behind you all is three more Kuatoas that were disguised as rocks. And we're well, going to roll initiative. Can I release that uh, fireball that I was holding? Doesn't somebody have a thing that gives somebody advantage on initiative? Yeah, I think we just have it. Okay. I think I just have it where it's just going to Ava. Always yeah, Ava, just, right? Okay. I just want to make sure we remember to use it. The Kuatoas are all just screaming. And they're all just running forward, slobbering and jabbing the air with their spears and their small swords. They have these large, bulbous eyes. None of them are wearing the crazy futuristic armor. Um, 
And I would say all of them are about average size, except uh, three of them seem to be better armed. And then one of them is much larger. It seems almost as big as the one, the giant one you had all fought uh, just yesterday. So in total, there are 12 of these Kuatoa, so 11 and then the, the really big one. And it does look like the two with the staffs seem to be spellcasters of some sort. That being said, this voice is not a voice you've heard before. Or actually, this voice is a voice you have heard before, the one that was in your head. The last time you heard this voice, it emanated from the other giant Kuatoa you had fought just yesterday. So so can I release that fireball I was holding? Sure. On who? Um, Probably that big one that's right in front where the dragon was, because that's where I was looking. And it's 150 foot range, so I can definitely reach that. And that's a uh, DC 15 dex save. All right. So, yeah, you just fire this massive fireball and it immediately strikes that giant Kuatoa for 27 damage. And after that, we will go ahead and just move into initiative. All right, so we start off first with the two Kuatoa that have the staffs with the magical glowing light. Um, they're going to both lower their staffs. When that happens, all the water comes crashing down. Now all the Kuatoa are just kind of standing in the water. Uh, it's no longer like over them, hiding them. You're also noticing that the water is a little bit more sh uh, shallow than it had seemed before. So it seems like they had been using shape water this whole time to hold the water up to make it mm. look higher than it is. So the, uh, I guess you'd have like, I guess the river's just a little bit further down than you had initially thought, because it's really only coming up to maybe there some of these smaller Kuotoa's wastes. The uh, two with the magical staffs are going to point them both at the five of you. And they are both going to cast spells. Red energy is going to launch forward out of their staff. And uh, between the two of them, they're actually going to target all five of you. So what I need everybody to do, I need everyone to make wisdom saving throws. That's my shit. 22. Damn. Wow. It's a good die you got 15. there. Uh, Info has 14. a negative one to wisdom, so that will be a three. Oh. I'm smart, not wise. All right, so the 22 and the... Someone else got a large number, right? Yeah, the 22 and the 21, those two pass, and the rest fail. So is that Dr. Shepard and Solred that succeeded? All right, so the two of you feel this energy wash over you. You feel as if someone is attempting to control your limbs to, uh, like, overpower your ability to move your body, whereas the other three of you immediately become paralyzed. You feel as if someone has cast hold person on each of you. And you uh, uh, feel like you're being held in place. So Red and Dr. Shepard, you are able to somehow force yourself through this soul red especially is just having a great day with magic <laughs> which is not normally her forte all right info it is your turn you are 
being held in place, this hold person spell has been cast on you and you're unable to move your limbs. However, at the start of your turn, you're able to make another wisdom saving throw to see if you can break free. Oh, goody. This minus one. This should be good. Or I think it's the beginning of your turn. Maybe it's the end. Let's see. Either way, I know you get to make one. Also, does Rodney have to make one? Uh, Nope. Well, it targeted... Yeah, I could have targeted a total of six between the two of them. So I guess Rodney would have been as well. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was a charm, considered charmed or not. No, not charmed. Okay. Uh, let's so see. at the end of your turn, you can make a saving throw. Well, to try to nothing I can do. So end of my turn, 13 wisdom saving throw. I will never break free from this. All right. Yeah, the 13 is not going to be enough. So you you feel your limbs are still completely uh, held in place. You are still paralyzed. And Rodney, I guess, should do a saving throw. And yeah. Rodney got like an, uh, I guess, like a 11. All right. So Rodney is also paralyzed in place. I'm going to double check that paralyzed to see if it's just movement or your action as well. I believe you can't do much of anything. I think you just can't speak and move. You can't speak. You can't move. You fail all strength and dex saving throws. All attacks against you have advantage. And any attack that hits you is a critical hit if the creature is within five feet of you. So does that mean I can't use any magic or I just can't attack at all? Uh, well, you can't use any magic that has a verbal component or requires you to move your hands. Okay. So what was that? V, uh, so V or M. So if it's just S, I think you're good to go. No, it's just M, because M would be material. S is somatic oh, for your movements. Oh, okay. yeah. it, it also says you, they're incapacitated. Incapacitated is an incapacitated creature can't take actions. Oh, can't or take reactions. actions. So you, can, yeah. you can't talk either. So you can't do anything. Cool. Well, that's my turn. All right. So info, you are frozen in place. Whiskey, go ahead. It's your turn. You are also held in place, but at the end of your turn, you can try to break free with a wisdom saving throw. Well, there's not a lot I can do. I can't move or talk, so uh, I guess I'll just make my save. Oh, to make it. 17. Come on. So you break free. <laughs> yes. Boy, you said turn. no. <sighs> you use all the magical energy inside of your small halfling body and break free from this hold person spell, but that is the end of your turn. Hell. All right, we now go to one of the other Kuatoa creatures' turns. So there are the smaller ones. So like the there's the really large one. Then there's the two ones that are casting the magic spells. Then there are six that look like regular Kuatoa, just based on like they have really simple weapons and the way they're dressed. And then there are three that like are not very. They're not. They're only slightly bigger than the smallest Kuatoa, but really the way they stand out is how they're dressed. They seem to be wearing armor that's a little bit better. Their weapons seem a little bit more advanced, and they also seem to be adorned with uh, like jewels that are jewels and bones and shells and things like just jewelry in general. And uh, they Slay. they also yeah, and they they also um, just the way they're carrying themselves. They seem to be like maybe a rank up or like maybe some sort of leader in this war band, and uh, that's whose turn it is. So. The one that's directly behind all of you is going to rush forward. Uh, one of them rushes straight to info. It's going to attack, so it has advantage on you, and all its hits are automatically crits. What's his range? Because is info still just floating paralyzed? He is floating, but he was only up like a couple feet off the ground. Okay. Yeah. 
So this thing runs forward about 12 feet, runs straight up behind Info, and it is going to make an attack. So it's going to lift a large pointed staff and attempt to hit him. So that is, uh, well, it's, it's advantage. Oh, good thing I rolled this advantage. The first one would have been a non-natural 20, and the second one's a non-natural, or a 21. So either way, it hits, and it's a critical hit automatically. So it's going to roll, I guess, double damage. All right, so it only it stabs you for only five damage. It swings and hits you for five damage. However, it does have a multi-attack. So the second attack is going to... That one actually is a natural 20, which is interesting. It's going to be the same amount of damage regardless. The second hit is an 11 damage, and then it's third multi-attack. So it's going to stab you twice and then run for it and bite you in the leg. And when it bites you, that is... Okay, that's a 16 plus 4, so that's a... Wow, the other one's a 17 plus 4, so a 20 and a 21. So its second attack is going to be a crit as well. Uh, it rolled pretty terribly on that. Two ones and a two. So another four damage. So all in all, this one hits you for a total of 20 piercing damage between its two stabbing and its bite. And then it says, if you're a medium or smaller, you are grappled for a DC 14 escape. So you're paralyzed and grappled. And I think because you're paralyzed, you fail all attempts to break free. This is fine. Uh, yeah, this is fine. Then the uh, other one's going to run forward. So let's see, 10, 20, 30. Yeah, so it can reach. This one's going to also run out of the water forward, and it too is going to attack info. That one, oh, its first one was a nine. It has advantage. So it only rolled a 12 on its first attack, so that misses. It's going to make its second attack with advantage. That's a 19. And then it's going to bite you for eight for an 18. So the first attack misses, but the second attack hits and the bite hits. So that is eight damage from the bite and... Nine damage from the spear. So you've taken another 17 piercing damage. Then we will go to the other Kuatoa. 15, so this one's going to run across the room and it's going to go straight for Soul Red. Now, Soul Red, you, it does not have advantage against you. Yeah. I'm fully functioning here. All right, so it got a 14 on its first attack. Nope. That's going to miss. Got an 8 on its second attack. Nope. And then on its bite, it got an 11. Nope. So it runs forward, and it, it seems like they're not really great fighters. It's just because you're all literally paralyzed in place. Now that it actually has to fight someone, it, it didn't hit even once. Um, then we move on to the next initiative. So now we're moving on to the giant Kuatoa's turn. It's going to lumber out of the water, stomp onto the land where the illusion of the dragon was previously before it was dispelled. And uh, it's going to attack Soul Red. So it's going to run up onto land. And it is not wielding a weapon. It just has these giant fists. Um, it is wearing like these metal like gauntlets. So I guess it, in a way that is technically a weapon, but it's not, it's not wielding like a sword or a club or anything. So it's going to go ahead and make an attack against you. That one is a 13 to hit. So its first attack misses. 
That one fell off the table. Uh, the second one's a 13 to hit, so that's going to miss. So it tries to swing at you with its giant punches. They both miss, and then it's going to just bend forward and open its giant mouth, which looks like it could basically fit you in there and attempt to bite you. And that one's an 18. Is that even that? Will, that will hit. Damn. That will hit. Okay, I do know you're pretty strong, so I don't know if that would hit. But it doesn't get the uh, the double attack like the other ones do, so that's good. However, it hits you for 11 piercing damage as it bites down onto you. And then I don't really understand the lore on this, but then it deals 1d6 lightning damage. Like, I don't, does it, I guess, like shock or something, the venom? So six lightning damage. So it bites you for 11 piercing damage, and then you feel a shock run through your body as you take six lightning damage. It says the target cannot take reactions until the end of this Kuotoa's next turn. It's got taser teeth. That's okay. I think I still have more HP than anyone else on our team, so... (laughs) I'm sure you do. Uh, And I'm actually next... I'm zero in your tracker for some reason. Uh, Oh. What's your number? I had 12. Okay. All right. So then we go to Soul Red. Soul Red, it's your turn. There's this giant thing. It bit you, but you're not like stuck in its mouth or anything. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and hit this. The big dude, I think, um, seems to be probably the most dangerous. Um, My original plan was to try and go after one of the Meiji boys. But um, yeah, I think we're going to go after the big guy with them all. Um, And I can make two attacks. So the lowest one is a dirty 20. The other one's like 24 or something like that. Uh, Yeah, those will hit. That's 12 for the first one, bludgeoning damage. 12 bludgeoning damage, okay. And that's uh 11 for the second one, bludgeoning damage. All right, so as you hit it, is this magical bludgeoning damage? Uh, No, it's just a regular maul. You do feel like you're hitting it, but it's kind of like, it's like SpongeBob where he gets hit with the karate chops and it just like, more or less absorbs the damage. It's not completely immune, but you do feel like it might be resistant to bludgeoning damage. Okay. It just being so massive. So 23 cut in half. All right. Um, do I really want to use my action surge this early in the game? How many do you got? Just one? I only get one per short rest. Yeah, hell, why not? Uh, where is that on here? I'm going to go ahead and use my action surge, so I'm going to hit it twice again. I uh, One's an 18, but the other one's only a 10. All right, the 18 hits, the 10 does not. Uh, so that's going to be another 13 budgeting damage. Okay. Oh, uh, and I suppose that's going to be my turn then. All right, so you punch this thing in its giant body a lot. Uh, it's like literally, liter- probably at least twice your size, being this enormous monstrosity of a kubatoa and then you're a dwarf is it more um, than one size larger than me it's probably large then if it's large i'm gonna also um that last hit's gonna move it five feet away from me uh, like towards away from our whole group okay so straight back like yeah. up to the edge yeah. of the water all right so yeah you, you manage to hit it and then it like stumbles backwards its weight carries it back a couple feet And we move to Ava. All right, I got to get out of this paralysis. There's nothing else I can do. All right, go ahead and try to break free. I'm going to use a different die that sucks less. Is my bold strategy. Let's see how it plays out. It's a good approach. Okay, it played out. It played out. Um, it's what kind of save is it? Wisdom, you said? Yes, wisdom. Okay, I need to see what my modifier is, but it's a 17 on the die. Um, so 18. 
All right. Yeah, you managed to break free. And that is... My, it, is that the action or like the whole turn? It, yeah, it says at, at the, the end, end of, of your, your turn. turn. Yeah. Okay, so it's just over now. Yes. All right. Well, it, at least I am free. <laughs> you are free, and now we go to the regular Kuatoa's turn. Uh, one of the Kuatoa's is going to run forward. It's right there with Info. Uh, it's going to go ahead and attack Info. Fortunately, these are the the normal. The normal Kuatoas are not super strong or anything. So it's going to stab Info with its spear. Uh, it got a natural one, but it does have an advantage on it. The second roll is a 16 plus 3 to hit. So uh, 18 to hit. Ugh. What was that? Was that a Kuatoa? Yeah, <laughs> it was me. It was Dungeon Dad feeling bad. They're like automatic hits, right? Yeah. So. It's an automatic, well, it's an automatic crit. It has advantage on the attack and then automatic crit. So it stabs you at the spear. Because my armor class is 20. Oh. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh. In that case, the 19 will not hit you then. So it, it goes to stab you for the 19, and it is not enough. So that's his first attack. It's second attack. Whoa. It's off the board. So the second one's going to miss as well, and then it's going to also go in for that bite. But, okay, that one actually was a natural 20 on the second one. But the bite is way uh, way less bad. Because to bite you, and it bites you for seven damage because of the automatic crit. Just seven piercing damage. Another Kuatoa is going to run forward. And it's going to run over and stab Dr. Shepard from behind. Uh, it gets fuck? a... Well, you're not held in place, right? I'm not. But I have okay, a so low 50, So it doesn't have advantage. So 15? Yes, that hits. Oh, yeah, you're fucked. Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is where Jeremy gets his revenge for you running him over. <laughs> He's been waiting nine days for this or whatever. So the first attack hits you for four piercing damage. The second one, that's an 18 to hit. Six more piercing damage. And then when it goes to bite you, that's a non-natural 20. So that's going to be... Fuck off. Well, Hey, at least you're taking half the damage Info did. Yeah, I went from 60 to 16. Two more damage. So you take a total of 12 piercing damage as it stabs you twice in the ass and then bites you. Uh, this other one is going to run forward about as far as it can. It gets about five feet away from you, Dr. Shepard, and it's going to use its entire attack to throw a net on you. Oh, you son of a bitch. Um, let's see. Ranged attack. On a hit, you're restrained. So it only got a 13. Does that hit you? That's my armor class, yeah. All right, so on a hit, the target's restrained. On your turn, you can use an action to make a DC 10 strength check to free yourself. Or five slashing damage will break the net. And it has the net has an AC of 10. So it just runs over and throws its net on you. Um, this other one, two, three, more Kuatoa. One of them is going to rush out of the water. It's going to run onto the shore. It's going to try to stab its spear at Soul Red. It gets a 12, so that misses. It's going to try to stab again. It gets a 6, so that misses. Come at me, bro. It's going to try to bite you in the elbow. Rude. And it gets an 11, so that misses. <laughs> Can I fuck up some of its teeth? <laughs> this other one's going to come running on the shore. It's going to run around the slightly bigger uh, captain-type Kuatoa. It's going to try to stab you. I think it is... Uh, 
It does flanking, so let's see. With advantage, it, ooh, that one's a 22 on the first spear. Yeah, it'll hit. Uh, okay, the second one's a 20. This is only because of advantage. The second one's a 21. And the no. third one... Well, this one fell off. <laughs> the, third, uh, the third one, it actually got a 3 and then a 1. So no, it does stab you twice okay. with two spears. The first one is just 8 damage. The second one is 12 damage. So 20 damage as it stabs you twice, and then it goes to bite you and i just since it got a one and a three i imagine it just accidentally slams its face into your shoulder or something <laughs> does it take one damage of face smash no damage? only because <laughs> it had advantage so it didn't get a natural one as its actual role <laughs> now the other one's going to come blabbering up onto the shore it's also going to have the flanking mm-hmm. that is a 16 as its highest roll on the first attack nope a non-natural 20 as its highest roll on the second yep. attack and a 19 on the bite that's two uh, an eight on the spear attack and a two on the bite. So that one runs up, stabs you at the spear, and then that one bites you as well. And after all of that, we move on to Dr. Shepard. Dr. Shepard, you're just restrained by this net. Yeah, I was. I had to reconfigure my entire uh, strategy. I was going to go and. Uh, Give info a little injection to unparalyze him, but now that I'm well, you can use your action to make a strength check to try to break free, or you can attack the net and try to destroy it. It has an AC of ten and five HP. Don't feel good enough about that, so instead, I can still help info at least a little bit. And uh, to do that, I'm going to cast my Twilight Sanctuary, which is one of my favorite things in this game. uh, it is the channel divinity that, uh, so this will be my action. Um, uh, Dr. Shepard just starts to give off this, uh, pretty bright glow from him in a, uh, 30 foot sphere. Um, I guess it's dim light, so not the brightest glow, but, um, it lasts for one minute or until I die. It's not concentration. And whenever a creature, including myself end a turn in the sphere, uh, they get a D6 plus 7 temp HP. Um, and then for my bonus action, uh, after I start glowing, um, I am going to cast a first level healing ward. Trying to think if I look worse right now or if Info looks worse. I know Info got hit a bunch more, but I know Info also has a lot more health than me. Um, I'm going to be a good dungeon dad and cast it on Info. For three healing Info. That's (laughs) fucking nothing. (laughs) What does this look like? So you're just like standing with this net over you. It's not like the best net either. You're like, okay, whatever. I can't walk around. I get it, Kuatoa. I'll play by your rules. (laughs) Oh, you fucking got me, you little rascals. Um, And then I am going to do my... stab a bit. (laughs) And then I get 11 temp HP. So that's actually pretty fucking solid. That's almost as much health as I lost. Kind of seems like you saved the good the good healing for you. Well, everybody gets that. And whenever they end their turn in my mm. glowing bubble, they will get that. And how and that's not a concentration? It's not concentration. That one lasts till I die. And I can do that I can only do that twice a day. It's my channel divinity. Did you tell everyone that? Like including the Kua Tower? Were you like, hey, the healing thing lasts until I die? <laughs> no, I did not. I said it <laughs> mentally. They don't know that. 
They, okay. For all they know, I'll drop dead and I'll still be glowing and giving off healing juice to my buds. Okay. So they should probably just ignore me, uh, pretty much. All right, and is that your whole turn? That is, uh, that is everything. So you're not going to try to break free. You're just like, you've accepted your life here in the net in net world. Well, isn't that an action to try to break free or a bonus action or something? Because I've used my action and bonus action. Right. So I think I'm just, I think I'm just chilling in the net. Okay. And a concentration spell only gets, you only have to make a check if you cast another concentration spell or take damage, right? Or does it just end automatically if you cast another concentration spell and then you have to do a check if you take damage? Is that how it works? Yeah, uh, concentration, if you cast another concentration, it ends automatically. And then also, if you get hit, you have to roll, like, your con saving throw that's, like, against, like, eight plus the damage you take or something like that. We'd probably have to look it up. But the, the glowing dome isn't concentration. That thing just is good. But I still am concentrating on info levitating. So if I break my concentration, which I realize now I've been hit like twice, uh, info may fall like four feet down to the ground, which might wake him up. So it might be good. All right. So we move over to these uh, two magical Kuatoa. One of them is going to splash forward through the water and climb up onto this little rock. And it is going to uh, it's like still holding the spear, which is glowing red, which is kind of holding everyone in place. And then with its little flipper, it's going to raise its flipper up in the air. That's uh, flipper. It's fin up in the air. And uh, you're going to see a fire ball, not a fireball. You're going to see a, a fire appear above it. And then it throws this sacred flame at whiskey. So whiskey, you need to make a dexterity saving throw. All right. I guess you can't just throw the word fireball around in D&D. That would be a 14. Oh, a 14. Okay, that is not enough, unfortunately. That was higher than I thought you'd roll for some reason, even though I guess halflings are fast. And so you're going to take 2d8 radiant damage. Come on, ones. Eight damage. The other magical Kuto is going to do the same thing, but on the other side. It's going to climb up onto this little raised platform. It's going to consider continue to concentrate its hold person spell, and with its uh, little fin, it's going to throw another sacred flame, but this time it's going to target Dr. Shepard. Jerks. Dr. Shepard, make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, do I get to while I'm restrained? Oh, hmm. You might fail it automatically. I don't know. I've only played this game for eight years. I don't know how these <laughs> things are worth. Uh... Uh, uh, I have disadvantage on deck saving throw, yeah, so I do still get to make a save. Okay, cool. This is like the most moving parts in a battle I've ever ran. Ah, oh, sixteen then a seven. Yeah, you barely missed it. Um, six net. radiant damage. And since Doctor Shepard has a wicked black heart, it's double damage, right? But we go to info. Info, it's your turn. I'm just gonna put it you out there. You are restrained, and you are grappled. Infos restrained, grappled, and well below half health, and did not try to run Jeremy over with the car. So because you're paralyzed, I think you automatically fail the break free from the grapple. But at the end of your turn, you can at least try to break free from the the paralysis. Paralysis? Paralysis. There you go. Paralysis. Uh, Can I do second wind since I'm restrained and stuff? 
Uh, maybe. What, what would that let you do? It's one per short rest. You can use a bonus action to regain 1d10 HP plus one. Yeah, it just says you can't take your action. Yeah. You can take a bonus action. Cool. You're not moving or talking. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and do that since I'm in terrible shape. Uh, roll a d10. So I got, oh, goody, five. That was helpful. Oh, I All right, so you take second wind, you regain five HP, and then go ahead and see if you can break free from this paralysis. Why didn't that show up? Okay, it was a uh, 13. 13. You're still paralyzed. And then what about Rodney? Uh, let's see. I just imagine this Rodney's also... Rodney rolled a 19. Rodney, that Rodney little son of a free. bitch. All the magical power that's inside Rodney, he's able to break free while you're still just floating midair paralyzed. It's all the coffee. Like a big robotic Jesus. And after you break free from your paralysis, that is where we will end this episode of Eclipse. Hey everybody, this is Jeremy, your DM. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Eclipse. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did when we recorded it. The plot is really starting to take off now, so I'm super excited to get deeper into the story. The next episode of Eclipse will release in two weeks, so make sure that you're subscribed to Eclipse so you never miss an episode. And if you've enjoyed Eclipse, please tell your friends about us. Go wherever you like to get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. We have gotten a lot of downloads and a lot of positive feedback, so I really, really appreciate all the support. You can keep up to date with all the Eclipse content by following us on Twitter. That is at EclipsePod. We are super active on there. You can also go to TheEclipsePod.com where you can learn about the show and the crew and all the awesome voice actors that are playing the characters for Eclipse. Eclipse is part of the Majestic Goose Podcast Network, so you will want to check that out as well. We're home to over a dozen podcasts and streams. We have everything from actual plays to talk shows. We even do a live nerdy craft stream every week, so we really do it all here on the Majestic Goose Network. We release new content six days a week with shows like Doom Clock, One Shot Onslaught, Halfway to Hero, Dice Talk, Roll for Weird, and many, many more. So go to MajesticGoose.com and check out all that awesome stuff on there. You can check out our weekly streaming schedule and just come say hi to us. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time on Eclipse.